Today we'll hear about a procedure for patients with certain types of heart disease that gives doctors access to the heart without cutting open the patient's chest. It's a remote navigation system called Stereotaxis. Here to tell us all about it is Dr. Luna Bada, Director of the Clinical Cardiac Electrophysiology Lab and the Arrhythmia Service at Upstate University Hospital. Welcome, Dr. Bada. Thank you. It's glad to be here. Thanks. Um, let's start by just saying what a cardiac electrophysiology lab does. Uh, people have different kind of heart disease. As you know, your heart is a muscle pump, but it's operated by electricity. And your heart can look normal in every angle, still have electrical problem. So those electrical problems can lead to arrhythmia, that means abnormal in your rhythm, and that can ranges from having symptoms uh, for like palpitation all the way to sudden death. Okay. So we treat those patients in the cardiac electrophysiology lab. And is that something with patients, if they have an arrhythmia, would they necessarily know it? Would they feel it? Sometimes they, they do have some warning, like they feel palpitation, the awareness of a heartbeat. You know, you're not supposed to hear your heart thumping until, you know, you go to bed at night lying on the left side. Sometimes you hear, that's okay, my patient always asks me. But you're not supposed to be aware. Your heart should be just working without you knowing it. But when you start to feel your heartbeat, that's the time to seek help. There could be something wrong with the electricity of your heart. Hmm. Okay. All right. And then um, there's a variety of treatments that are available at the electrophysiology lab, a bunch of different things that yes, are offered? Yes, yes. There are two kinds of uh, uh, electrical problem in the heart. Is One is gets your heart so slow that your heart won't pump in enough blood and you feel all the way from dizzy to people sometimes pass out from it. For those patients, we implant a device called pacemaker. But for other people, like, you know, people with a palpitation that have a normal circuit in the heart, then we need to go in and figure out uh, what was the abnormal circuit causing the problem and take care of it. And that procedure is we call ablation. So in the EP lab, we do implant and ablation to treat different kind of arrhythmia. Okay. Neat. Well, now, um, where does stereotaxis fit into all of this? Yes, we've, I'm very excited to talk about it because we acquired this remote uh, navigational, magnetic navigational system in uh, 2010, uh, 2011, I think, and I have done about 220 oh. procedure with it. The main characteristic of this, uh, the, this device or this technology is the precision, safety, reduce, reduction of a uh, 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 x-ray exposure time and overall uh, accuracy. So the system basically uh, operates like I, I can, as a doctor, sit in the f uh, control room and operate the catheter with a magnetic device. And it's the difference between conventional system and stereotaxis ablation is that in stereotaxis you control the tip of the catheter versus the conventional system, you, you use the shaft to move the catheter. So it's makes it, it... lets you move it in different ways? Yes, so. and you can get to the heart, the, the place of the heart that is hard manually to get into it. Oh, you okay. can just get just about anywhere with a very uh, good safety margin without you know using a lot of force with your hand. So mas machine does a much better job. This sounds like the robotic... Um, that we've had surgeons come talk about the use of robotics. Is that yes? That's a that's a similar technology. They operate the the surgeon probably operate the knife with the mm -hmm. remote navigation system. We uh, operate the catheter. 
Okay. And we have had very good success rate. We have zero complication related to uh, this technology. And we have done a lot of elderly patients, you know, where conventionally their risk of, you know, perforation is higher. With this technology, it's zero percent. Wow. Wow. That's interesting. Now, does it, is it replaced the traditional, like, catheterization um, so it's that you very, would go in for just to um, diagnose problems or to treat problems? That's a very good question. We haven't been able to completely replace the technology because uh, replace the conventional ablation catheter because um, there, there are several catheters you need in the heart to diagnose it. So this basically is the main catheter that we use the remote uh, navigation uh, to operate because uh, that's the time, majority of the time spent is by mapping and ablation. But we, we still have other catheters we have to manually put it in. And I think in the future with the technology going further and further, we will be able to do completely without manual involvement. Neat. All right, well now what types of patients are candidates for stereotaxis? Um, basically, uh, all the people actually they qualify, but the cost is a problem. That, that's why this technology is not universally adopted. So if you're cost conscious, we try to use on a patient that you know really conventionally has failed the technology, but I have been using in a lot of patients that even, you know, they could have been done with the conventional method just because of the safety, reduction in radiation, and, and you know, precision of the procedure itself. Is, do insurance companies cover the stereotypes? So, so far, they haven't told me not yet. Oh, good. Okay. So. All right. Um, so stereotaxis costs more than the conventional, but for some patients it's more appropriate if they're a higher risk patient. Yes, yes. The, basically the cost is, is just a menu. They ne it needs a certain kind of room. Uh, it has a big, huge magnet you have to be able to accommodate. And, and those things cost more. In the long run, I think it's, it's a good technology to have because of the time you save using this technology, the re radiation reduction, and also um, the complication rate is much okay. less. So is there anyone that's not a good candidate? I heard you meant, use the word magnet. So are there some patients that would not be candidates yeah. because of? Yes, if they have a very big you know, magnetic uh, uh, instrument or implant, something okay. implanted in their body, we screen them all the time to make sure that the majority of the patient with a conventional pacemaker, uh, neurostimulator, they are fine. Good. Okay. Well, um, we're, you're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on Air, and we're talking with Dr. Luna Bada about stereotaxis, um, which is a uh, sort of an alternative to cardiac ablation. Yes, yes. Um, so tell me uh, in a little more depth about what cardiac ablation is for. Now, this would be patients that have an arrhythmia or yes. an irregular heartbeat right. that um, is dangerous and yes. needs to be treated. Mm -hmm. um, what does ablation do for that? Now, uh, ablation basically treat the fast kind of abnormal rhythm. Okay. So um, when your doctor has suspicion that there's an abnormal circuit in your heart electricity, we have to go in and figure out where the abnormal circuit is and disable it with either heat energy or uh, we, we use cryo means like freezing the area so it won't act up anymore. And a lot of time we can cure this so a patient never have to come back see us again. Wow. How do you determine between the use of heat or freezing? That's a very good question. The heat is the energy we have been using for many years, and the, the freezing energy 
was there, but then not universally adopted until recently. And, and like freeze, the difference between heat and uh, freeze is that if by heating, you can do permanent irreversible damage. So when you get to a, a area that you think you're ablating the abnormal circuit, but there is some normal circuit sneaking behind it, you can destroy, and you can't go back. And once it's done, the patient will end up requiring pacemaker because you destroy the normal uh, electricity of the heart. But with freezing, you can kind of test it, and if if the area is good, then you can further freeze it. It's a reversible technology, so you notice you're too close to the normal system. You can yeah. avoid pain. So a lot of freezing are you using uh, in children because you don't want them to end up with a pacemaker the rest of their life. But in adult, it's not universally adopted, but for certain procedure has proven its benefit. Wow. Would you ever use both in the same patient? Uh, Sometimes not at the same setting, maybe. Oh, actually, it can be done in the same setting, too. When you go in and you figure out this is not going to be a, uh, you know, a good idea because it looks like too close, but the patient is so symptomatic. Uh, so we can change it to uh, the, the cryo-ablation technique. Now, the other thing with the, I want to give, if, it, if I may talk about mm -hmm. a patient. Sure. Recently, I, I, I was very happy with the technology, but this one was especially uh, in my memory because it was so special. When patients get to 90 years and above, and we try to not to do an invasive procedure because the risk itself is high. Mm. Okay. Because this patient has been in and out of the hospital with multiple uh, episodes of palpitation, it became literally incessant. And uh, initially we tried to treat with medications, but, but it just, it didn't take care of it. But she was getting increasingly uh, very weak and, and, and it's affecting her overall lifestyle. And so she came back and said, you know, even if it's a risk, I would like to go for it and see what happened. So we went in and she has extremely, weak, as we can see a lot of elderly, one of the reasons the risk is there artery and veins are extremely torturous. Oh. So when you introduce the catheter, we do it from upper leg, and we couldn't manipulate the catheter, and if you use too much force, their heart is usually thin, and you can perforate it. But this technology, the catheter is soft, it went where we intended to do, and we got rid of the arrhythmia, and it was safe, and she went home and enjoying a life now. Wow, wow. So we were very happy. We had several cases like that, that that you know, because of the safety, and we are uh, more willing to use this technology in an elderly patient too. So tell me, um, what is this like from the patient's point of view? Do they come in? Is it a one-day procedure? It's an outpatient procedure. If they happen to be in the hospital, we can do them. But majority of them, they come from home, and, and we tell them to be prepared to spend like a uh, you know a whole day with us because we prepare them, and then we do the procedure, and then we watch them for about four or five hours, and we send them home. So is it like, uh, do they have um, do they have to stop eating at midnight? Is it like a, do you have to prepare for surgery? Yes, or? yeah, they, basically they stop eating after midnight, and uh, usually most of the procedure done mid by midday, and they can go back and eat right away, and they can drink and communicate with their family because there's no knife involved at all. It's all catheter-based needle, so as soon as uh, uh, they get rid of, uh, they come off of the anesthesia, it's not, a, it's not done in general anesthesia, it's local and, and some sedation medication. Okay. So there's not a lot of recovery uh, time needed and they just walk home. And a lot of time we do it, you know, on Thursday and Friday, they can go back to work on Monday. On Monday. So um, you go in typically through the, a, a, 
a vein in the leg? Yes, we, we use majority of the time vein and sometimes artery on the in the leg. Uh, we call it femoral. It's it's a groin area that that's and then they may be a little sore for a day or two, but there's no scar or anything because it's completely catheter based and an outpatient based technology. Okay. Well, how quickly would they, if they're feeling these arrhythmias before they come for the procedure, how quickly would those go away? Uh, actually, it just goes away right away. Where if you if you're successful ablating, in the setting you know you got it or not. Okay. And they they so they'll wake up. Yeah, they wake up and then they go home and whatever they used to have it is not happening again. So it's very immediate. Neat. Neat. Yes. Well, that's kind of cool because you know if it's been a success right, right away. Right, right, right. So Neat. it's very rewarding. Good. Well, um, and you say you've done 220 or so procedures since 2011, mm -hmm. um, and that's just with stereotaxis. That's then not the, all ablations, yes, but that's yes, stereotaxis. Okay. All right. Well, is um, stereotaxis, is this something that's widely available in central New York? Not really. We are the first place to acquire it, and then the closest place uh, that I know of has this technology is uh, Rochester. Okay. So um, in, in Syracuse, upstate is the place to come for stereotaxis. Yes, yes. And um, how would a patient find out more about, would they, I guess, go through their regular uh, family doctor or internal yeah. medicine doctor to get a I, referral? I just wanted to, yeah, let everybody know this is technology is available, and we welcome patients uh, and their doctors to uh, come and see us. Very good. Well, thank you. Um, this has been uh, Amber Smith with HealthLink on Air speaking with Dr. Luna Bada from Upstate Medical University's Clinical Cardiac Electrophysiology Lab. Thank you, Dr. Bada. Thank you. It's been a pleasure.